It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that really understands why sometimes they call it Wover time. <laughs> well, for the Flyers, it is. Exactly. We're going to talk about that other overtime loss last night to the Minnesota Wild. We are going to also get into what's going to happen this bye week up ahead, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where we post all about our episodes, the latest Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You will get each and every episode in your feeds here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, man, I don't know what to do because the the Flyers are now one and eight in overtime this year. Uh, Florida Panthers are the only team without any overtime wins this season. They've lost five, so the Flyers are like right there, comfortably in the two spot for worst overtime. <laughs> for the season and you just have to wonder because they've tried the two forward one defenseman more toward the beginning of the season now they seem to be locked into this two defenseman one forward setup although in the one last night i think they, they messed aren't up locked a change into or it. something yep. yeah so either they messed up a change or they purposefully went with a, a two forward shift but uh what, what are we doing here i don't think they know and I think that's one of the things about this coaching group this year that this has been a problem all year. And again, so, you know, everybody was wondering why was Travis connecting even out there? Cause he was out there for both Matt Boldy goals. He never really did enough to stop Matt Boldy from getting that inside position. Now, I get it. Matt Boldy's a bigger guy, but if you're out right. there and that's who you're covered against, then you've got to try and do something. And on the first one, he definitely didn't do much. The second one, he tried a little more, but Boldy is just very strong. So I give I give Boldy the credit. We talked about Boldy pre, you know, last show. So, you know, we knew he'd be a handful. But that's also a problem. No, we that we know that a guy like that's going to be a handful and the coaching staff doesn't have an answer right. for it. Like that's that's another issue. But as far as overtime, knowing that Connecty was out there for both goals, why in the world was he out there again? And he did get a good shot on net, but the problem is he, he probably thought it was the one decent chance they had. Right, but that's here's but this is again, this is the problem with live by this, die by this. So, you have him out there, he gets his one good chance and then sure enough puck goes the other way and they lose. And that's the problem with this whole thing is 
if that were a young player that was out there for those two goals, they wouldn't have been out there in overtime, but Torts likes Konechny, so he put him out there. That's where Torts rules has his own rules. Yeah, I think that, first off, I did not like the choice Travis Konechny made on that shot. I felt like he could have passed it. And normally I'm a shoot first person, but mm -hmm. I felt like the way that rush was going, the pass was the right move uh, based on what goaltender was doing. Well, I think that's fair because Flurry was very aggressive on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I really thought, and he had all the time in the world to yes. make a decision as well. So I, I think that Konechny could have made a better decision there. Uh, but I also think that, yeah, they're just not working to their advantage. And, you know, in trying to be too conservative and too structured, they're losing some of the creativity that mm -hmm. comes with three on three. Now, this is also a trend that has continued across the NHL. It's not just the Flyers. You know, when three on right. three for overtime first happened, it was a lot more wide open, a lot more back and forth. And now, it, you know, there's it's very much puck possession based, right? This is, a, this is a part of the game where you really have to trust the players. And yeah. the Flyers are running out of players to trust. Yeah, and it, it just seems like, you know, if... You know, if you're a tank for Bedard kind of fan right now, yeah, you, you love these. That. Right. But also you're like, why are we getting these loser points in the first place? But at the same time, uh, you know, I also think that this is the kind of habit and the kind of play that you have to get better at in order to work toward the future and have a system in place that works. And, you know, while they have been able to improve some other things throughout the season, this is not one of them. And you really have to be able to have a quality system in place for overtime because a lot of, of teams play for overtime at right. this point. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota just wanted two points. That's all they cared about. They didn't care. Look, D'Angelo had a great goal that sent it to overtime. It was the first time mm -hmm. all year that it worked seamlessly. And, of course, the national media um, was like, oh, D'Angelo's <laughs> been great all year. That No, no, they haven't. No. But it's okay. I don't want to <laughs> rip the national media because it's not fair. They don't get to watch as much. But all the fighting was nonsense. There was one oh my purposeful God. fight. And, you know, Dean Evison's a former hothead. So we knew this was going to happen in the sense we didn't know there before. But we knew that you know, Delorier was going to fight Reeves. So, like, that was a guarantee, and they set that up ahead of the game. And so, like, when I saw that, I was like, okay. And then the other ones were just kind of like the coaches were like, yeah, go ahead. If you want to fight, fight. Get it out now. And because these teams had no animosity. Now, during the game, a little bit did build up, and that's fine. And I did see a legit fight later on. But those other fights, it nobody got anything out of that. There was no momentum. To me, it's like, that doesn't make you a tougher team or a harder to play against team. It really doesn't. Yeah, I, I think that was the other part of the game that I didn't like besides the overtime. It was the fighting because, like I've said many times before, occasionally I think there can be a fight that's for good reason. Yeah, and there was you one. Know, somebody, and, and there was one. But those, those you're right. Those other two were absolutely useless yeah. and uh, i don't understand you know why 
the coaches were like, just let him go. I mean, understand this, that's sort of what the game is to some degree, but it just didn't make any sense in the context of the game and that early in the game. Like, what it's not like they had had the two periods of hockey to build up some sort of frustration or a constant situation where, you know, somebody was taking cheap shots. It was just too early for that. Well, and the coach endorsed it because when he, um, when he got on air, and they interviewed him, you know, Kevin Weeks interviewed him. I have the quote here. Um, but he basically said he knew this was going to happen at the beginning of the game. Like, you know, so, you know, you, you take that for what you want. But, but this is a coach basically saying that he knew this was going to happen. So, you know, that's the issue for me is like he embraced it. So that's fine. Now... It's going to be frustrating, and it has to be frustrating for Carter Hart. And I think somebody has to take him into account because three-on-three is not easy on goalies, and most of the time Carter Hart is just out there just flopping around. Like, you you know, most of the time he's out there just guessing because it's hard. And he's he's taking a lot of frustrating losses. So, that and again, for the amount of the crazy amount of ice time that he's playing this year. So I, I don't like that either, and that's something where I you know I kind of wish the, the coaching staff would take that into account too. Well, we are going to talk a lot more about Carter Hart in this game. We've got some power play talk that we haven't gotten to yeah, yet, yeah. so we will do that coming up next. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On, because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. The Eagles are going to be playing the 49ers. There's a lot of prop bets you can make on that. All on that, all on the app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Russ, we were just talking about Carter Hart, and yeah, I, I just felt like that overtime goal that he gave up was preventable. It, it was through the legs. Um, it, it just felt like... Zuccarello had multiple options there and that when it comes to those goals, Carter Hart sometimes isn't positioned correctly. That's fair. Um, the thing about the Zuccarello goal is, look, a lot of people were talking about his speed. He's not near the fastest guy in the league, but he's tricky with his stick. And he saw that everybody was not set on defense, which is something that had brought up the last two or three shows that when the Flyers are getting back and getting trying to get set, they are late in doing yep. it. He totally took advantage of that because not one of those players was set and he was able to go around them all. That doesn't help Carter Hart either. No, it does not. And I, I think that, you know, this is the 
the time though where you're expecting the goalie to kind of bail you out yes. and and he hasn't in these overtime games now i think carter hart does work better when there's when it's five on five and there's a full defensive structure in front of him um but at the same time you know, I don't know, man. It's just hard when the Flyers have lost this many overtime games to know like what the right change is here when your goalie is just left hung out to dry. Yeah, it's a combination of all of it. And and that's where it's like, you know, it's partially the goalie, it's partially this the way they're playing. It's a lot of all of it. And it's tough. It's a tough place to be, and so right now, like in minutes, Hart's ninth in the league, but when you look at the other teams, all the other teams have a lot better defense, and I just feel like the stress that he's under is more than, if I start you know, naming the goalies, Hellebuck, Shesterkin, and those things wear on you mentally, and there is no stat for what you know happens to a goalie mentally, and that's where I think Hart's kind of getting hurt in this because again he probably doesn't say it to himself but if he did say to himself oh no another overtime like where is the you know process been for him as far as the team playing in front of him too it's a it's a double-edged sword yeah. there yeah it, it really is and it's like i'm not blaming carter no. hart for any of this uh, but it's it, i think he's not yeah and he's just like not again you know, the major point we have made is that he's not entirely getting the support that he needs. And the, you know, in terms of what games he's playing and his usage. And I think that eventually wears you down, right? Yeah, it does. And, and that, you know, again, he's not the oldest goalie in the league. He's still on the young side. He's played a lot. You have to be mindful of, of, of these things, but as you know, as far as the team, are they a little harder to play against? Sure. But I'd really like to know what they're actually getting better at. Because, you know, like you said, these loser points, sometimes the other team really doesn't care if it goes to overtime, especially when they know what the Flyers' record is in overtime. I mean, you have to think about that as a strategy, too. And yeah. I did see a point in the game where the Flyers sort of ran out of gas in the third period. Um I want to say it was maybe like five minutes into the third, they were just, the tank was empty. And that's another thing where, you know, when you want to play this style, you've got to have, you know, guys to play this style. And they're not, you're not going to get them all changed over in one season. And so, you know, by the end of the season, I want to know what's transferable to next year. Like what's, yeah, what's going to carry over. Just playing hard isn't enough. Like everybody's gotten used to, being active with the active sticks and everything, but now nobody's pushing anybody off the puck anymore. Yeah, I think that's a fair point as well. Um, I do want to talk about the power play in this game. The Flyers were 0 for 3. Um, you know, the first power play they had, they did get some shots on goal. Um, the last power play they had. I think visually looked like they were trying very hard, but actually weren't getting quality opportunities no. at all. I think they had one shot on goal. Yeah, they they were chasing in it. that one. They were chasing the puck yeah. on the power play, like they were, and that was yeah. that was a bad place to be because it was at a point in the game where that could secure the game for you. 
But again, we've talked about it. The power play has not improved. Personnel mm-hmm. has changed. You know, there are there. You know, Cam York has helped this lineup. I think Cam York didn't have his best defensive game last night. He he made some good plays, but he was also out there for some of the goals too. Um, but that's okay. I'm you know I'm I'm willing to give Cam York a pass because I saw him make some really good plays too. So that's a developing situation. But as far as this team as a whole, the power play is just disastrous. It's just not good and it has to get better next year. Like it has to, like, especially if they want to really make gains in the standings, because, you know, right now you're going to face some teams that are going to play you uh, more fast and loose because they know they're falling out of the playoff race. And then you're going to play some teams that are really going to be fortified in a couple of weeks at the trading deadline and see how that game, those games go. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point as well. And yeah, I just, with that power play, they're still, I think, struggling to have, you know, crisp enough puck movement to get the opposing teams out of their defensive structure enough to find a shooting lane. And that's like the fundamental of what the power play should be because you have the man advantage. And I I just think that when you have something so basic about the power play not working, like that's a big problem. I think once a power play, I see a Flyers player down there screening the goalie with his eyes, but I don't see it for the whole power play. It's not consistent. So that's one thing. Uh, I don't think they've gotten much out of the bumper position on the power play all year. So that's another thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, I think just between the overtime and the power play, like these kind of quote unquote special teams portions of the game are really costing them. Yep. I, I think. And, you know, I'm not saying this is a playoff team. If those things are improved, no. like uh, I'm not. You're just looking you know, for improvement, just actual. Improvement. Yeah. Yeah, and it just hasn't been there on on those two things specifically. And to your point about things that can carry over to the next season, that's what worries me. Yeah, and you know, again, you know, one last thing about Connectney the the bumping into Flurry thing, the Flyers got away with one in the sense that the penalty kill was good on that, and they didn't get scored on. But that could have been the game right there, and then that game would really would have been hung on Connectney for sure, because. At first, Connecty had that smile on his face like, yeah, I did it. So what? And then it seemed like it sunk in after he realized it wasn't going to be an even Steven penalty. And then he was like, oh, it's a power play. And these are the kinds yeah. of emotions when, you know, you got to be careful with a guy like Travis Connecty who plays with emotion and you get him pumped up to that degree. All of a sudden he's out there playing like that. That's, you know, that's what you have to worry about. And the other thing is now with we're going to talk about injuries, right? So mm-hmm. with Wayne Allison, I saw it. He he was blocking the shot. It happens. Now, the, the bad part is he was injured, kind of nicked up the game before. So right. I don't know what's going to happen with Wade Allison. And with Zach McEwen, upper body, this is, you know, this could be just the effects of fighting. Again, he has fought yep. a lot in his life. And when you send these guys out there fighting, this is a secondary result that could happen from fighting that all of a sudden they're injured and you lose them. So, again, while it was fight night in, in Minnesota, there were some ramifications, too, on the, besides losing the game. 
Yeah, I, I think especially with McEwen, it's it's a, a concern there. And, you know, again, it was a dumb fight. Right. Too. It made no sense. So it's just frustrating about, you know, a fight leading to an injury. And then, of course, with Wade Allison, you know, his reputation of sort of being like glass out there. Now, the one if we good could flash thing, up just like, you know, an Eeyore kind of you know oh no meme. like that's just the way i feel every time i see wayne allison limping off i just feel bad yeah well the good thing about it for both of those guys is that the bye week is coming up so it'll give a little time to rest and maybe heal up a little bit leading into some games practice after. are they gonna practice well, it's the bye week, so um, we will get to talking about the bye week and our plans for what the Flyers should be doing coming up next. All right, Russ. So we do have uh, this weekend's uh, matchup against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the second game in a week against this team, and then that'll be it for the season. Gotta love the NHL schedule. I know. I know. You know, here, here's what I say about that. I see no reason to see any different results in the second game, the same as Minnesota with the second game with the Flyers. I hate to be like that, but. No, I know. <laughs> show me that. Show me there's going to be something different this game. Show me. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope we can see that they have learned from what happened in the previous game. And I think we can leave it at that. And then hopefully it doesn't go to overtime. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, with the bye week, uh, it's the first season we've had bye weeks in a while just because of COVID yeah. uh, shortened seasons with those compressed schedule. And um, of course, they always make it so your team either has it before the all-star break or after the all-star break to make it extended. But it, there isn't exactly parity in the league. Um, the Flyers have eight days between games, but some teams have as many as 11. Uh, which, you know, is a lot, like three extra days of rest. And um, I, I was just curious, you know, from my perspective, I don't like the bye week in the season, but I understand why the players want it. So what's your take on bringing back the full bye week? Yeah, my, my take is players generally don't like it because it's in season. They don't know what to do when they're not going to the rink. They can't practice. I was goofing around before. They can't, you know, yeah. so... But a lot of times the guys are going to play in trips and they're going to do that. And that's good for them. Um, but I don't know. This is, I don't think players want it. That's my reality. I, I, I think, I think if you ask the players and we're not going to get a chance to, but if you do, I think they're going to say, I don't, I don't want to buy a week. Just keep the season going. Give me the weekend off and I'll see my family. And then after the all-star game, let's get back at it. Yeah, I think it's, you know, a double-edged sword, right? So like I was just talking about, there's time to maybe rest and heal up if, you've, if you're banged up a little bit um, or if you're working to come back from a more significant injury. It's just a, a bonus week of rehab time, right, that gets you back. But isn't the a bonus week a little sooner? Here's my wonder. So if you are rehabbing, can you go to the team's rehab facility on the bye week or are you not allowed to? Oh, I'm sure you can. Really? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the PA rules are on that. I'm, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know either, but I'm sure you can do physical therapy 
not at the yeah but what if nobody's there like if the office is just closed like you know what if they say hey we're closing everything for the week is you know i don't know i don't think that's going to happen either but it just it makes you wonder yeah i I i'm not sure of the exact rules on that but uh, i would assume that the health of the players they can do what they need to do but at any rate I, i think that you know it does sometimes take them out of their rhythm and routine to your point and so it's a little bit of a struggle to get back into it and if you're a team that has a lot of good momentum it can derail you um but if you're you know on a losing streak maybe it can give you that reset that you need and for the flyers i really think that it's something that I don't like it from a routine perspective, but I do like it because I think right now there's something there that's a disconnect and maybe some time away will help. Right. So there, the la- one of the last times there was a bye week, there were rules as when, when you could practice. So you could practice on like the last day when the bye week is ending. So there are things mandated by the Players Association. So I just kind of wonder, but, you know, we're kind of left out there. Nobody knows. It's the great unknown. Well, I think, you know, nothing is stopping these players from watching film (laughs) while they're gone. And so I would give the Flyers some homework and watch a lot of film on the on the power play for those guys. But they're going to have to use their own iPads. It's not like Torts is going to give them to them. Russ, come on. I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying they should be watching a lot of film because I think this is the opportunity where they can maybe go back and more significantly, you know, this is the time you look at film, right? Maybe Taurus doesn't want to do it in game, but this is the perfect time to go back and look and see what you've been doing right, what you've been doing wrong, what's been working, and especially against the next few teams that that they're going to play, you know, what have we learned from the last time? and maybe make some tweaks to what you're doing in order to be more successful the next time around. Yeah, I mean, if I'm on a player, if I'm a player rather, uh, looking for a new contract on an expiring contract, on a one-year contract, I certainly would enjoy my first few days of this, and then I would be doing exactly what you said, because this is my job, and while I have this time off and it'll be nice, I could eat with the family, whatever, I should do some extra work here because there's things that could get better and I need the job next year. Like that's the way that's me. That's me talking. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, put everything in context of what you need to do individually as a player with what the team is asking you to do overall. And yeah, if I were the coaching staff, I would absolutely give these guys some homework while they are away to try and maybe kickstart a a few more wins when they return from the all-star break. Um, Speaking of the bye week that we will have next week, we on the show are going to do our own homework. And oh, wait, we're not off. Di- we don't have a. We don't have the week off. <laughs> we do not. But luckily, there is. Talk a to l- about that. Well, I don't know, man. But um, we have a lot to talk about because we can dig into all of the individual players and do their homework for them, and you know, see where they can improve and who's been. Uh, secretly more successful this season than you might have thought. Uh, We've got prospects in the system to talk about and check in 
with them in uh, junior leagues and the NCAA. We're going to do that as well. So we are excited for our coverage during the bye week. So stay tuned. We will be back Monday as well. We're going to recap the Jets game and uh, we'll have our nemesis of the week. I think it's going to be no hockey, right? I mean, I'm guessing. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe well, it depends how the football game goes. Maybe you'll get that's get true. By that. that is true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go birds. And uh, hopefully the Flyers can end the uh, first this part of the season before the bye week on a good note in Winnipeg. Uh, That's as a, a reminder, we... place, by the way, that is a horrible, <laughs> well, they don't have an airport, right? Yeah. That, that, I don't know. I think they do. No, I think they have an airport. That is a Twitter joke. Oh, I'm but... sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one. I'm just going to say though, what a horrible way to end the season in Winnipeg. You have to, you have to go from Winnipeg to wherever you, else where your next destination is. Listen, if you're going to a tropical vacation, I think going from Winnipeg is the perfect. Yeah, but how many flights go out of Winnipeg to tropical locations every day? You know what I mean? Like, you're probably limited. If you were playing. Well, that's true, since they don't have an airport. But (laughs) But if you were playing Chicago and you're going out of O'Hare, you'd have the world at your fingertips. You could leave an hour after the game and go anywhere in the world. All right. Well, if you've got questions or players you want us to do those deep dives into next week let us know you can tweet us at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or you can comment over on youtube i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russell at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y have a great weekend everyone